Sure, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, levels, levels. Levels, levels. Hey, did you see the interview with the uh, that world leader on 60 Minutes this uh, last weekend? I did. We were we were in the kitchen. We watched it. Yes, it, I thought it was really impressive. I know, right? I mean, I mean to see how he's he's leading and like inspiring everyone. Uh, uh, yep, I absolutely agree. To rise to the moment at such a pivotal time in history, uh, just it's simply amazing. I mean, I mean, if this works out, I mean, they're going to build a statue of him. Well, a there's no way he can fail. He's already succeeding. Uh, so I think this is going to work out. And there are going to be statues everywhere. In fact, I think there probably are already statues everywhere. Hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, I thought it was really smart of him to do the interview right before addressing the United Nations. Wait, hold on. The United Nations? Prime addressed the United Nations? I mean, I, I suppose that makes sense. And what can't that guy do? Did he do it in the same day? Did he both coach football, coach a football game and address the United Nations later that day? Because he's known for that. I mean, what can he do? Well, well, for one, tackle. But oh. <laughs> wait, what are what are you talking about? Deion, Deion Sanders was on 60 Minutes this weekend. It, it was an amazing interview. That's what you wasn't that what we were talking about? No, no, I was talking about Zelensky, the the leader of Ukraine. He was the opening interview on the show. Oh, I missed I missed that part. Yeah, you know, I guess he's okay, but come on, Prime is amazing. Okay, okay, Zelensky is literally trying to defeat Russia. How can that compare to anything that Dion is doing? He did beat Nebraska. They gave me my theme music. Hi, toddlers. Welcome to Talking to Todd, a weekly podcast with Dwayne Johnson and Todd Prince, where failure is always an option. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Todd. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Did you forget your line? No, uh, our internet connection is terrible and you're freezing. <laughs> so oh. I'm just kind of occasionally just throwing stuff out. I'm hoping I'm keeping up with where we are in the in the rundown. So we've got satellite delay tonight. Nice. <sighs> yes, yes. This is <laughs> this is going to be disjointed. Oh, this is going to be fun. That's fantastic. Okay, so we're saving every three minutes. Fantastic. <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> Not from Todd's internet service provider. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's You know what? It's fine. I, you know what? I'm sure the lightning that's happening around the house right now, all that's going to do is add more energy. It'll make the internet go faster as it that's what the lightning does, right? Is there a way for you to capture the lightning and add it to your battery bank, Ben? Oh, I mean, there's an interesting idea. I mean, let's see. I'm going to need an extension cord and a really long metal pole. And Lisa's going to want to film that. Yeah. Well, Lisa's going to want to film that for YouTube because oh, I mean, yeah. it's going to go poor. It'll also go viral. And the worse <laughs> it goes, the more viral it goes. <laughs> Watch this idiot. Watch this. 
Look at this. He thought he could charge. Oh, that's my favorite part. Look at that. Oh, look at that oh, smoke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that must have, he must have gone at least a hundred feet in the air. Look at that. <laughs> now watch him shake. <laughs> and then, and then of course, everybody's like, yeah, I've seen better on jackass. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, How are we doing for feedback, follow-up and updates? clean show from toddler number well that's not true i've got something under follow-up but i didn't have any particular feedback from toddler number one how about lisa okay nope nothing here nothing there uh we got a note from jesse and the legal eagles yes he had to fly somewhere uh, actually on Delta, I'm guessing because he flew to Minneapolis, but I could be wrong. But the airline attendant said, we may experience rough air instead of what he normally hears referred to as turbulence. Todd. Yes. Airplane expert. Yeah. What? Okay. <laughs> what? What is rough air? It, to be fair, his ride did experience a ton of rough air. Do we have thoughts about why they're now saying rough air instead of turbulence? Are they the same thing? I am sure that if I uh, look up on the source of all truth and knowledge, there's probably some sort of uh, some very specific definition of the word turbulence versus the colloquial rough air. Um, Or it's the other possibility, the uh, I'm just so they might be one and the same. The other possibility is that at some point during the flight, they were assuming that they were going to go past some young teammate teenagers wearing leather jackets and smoking. And we got to be careful because that's going to be some rough air over there. <laughs> Hard to tell which one could have happened. We're serving tacos in first class. There is going to be some rough air coming out of first class. Yeah. Yep. We just want to warn you guys back in coach. Yeah. Oh, boy. Do not come up here. That is some (laughs) rough air. Yes, it is. (laughs) I I tried to do a little bit of research on the Internet. The Internet thinks that the announcements now say rough, rough air because uh, there was a focus group that decided that people are too stupid to understand that turbulence won't bring down a plane, but rough air makes people feel better. Well, I mean, okay. All right. The worst kind of turbulence, sure, I suppose, could bring down a plane, but odds are it's not going to. Yeah. I I mean, I do think what you will... What you will hear people talk about, like, oh, we're turbulence or whatever. And, and one of the ways that people try to explain to people who are uncomfortable in that is, I mean, you're at 30,000 feet, but what you really need to think about is the plane. If you're in a boat, a boat can be floating on the surface and you can see that the the water goes up and down and the boat goes with it. And that, while, while that can also cause motion sickness, you don't feel like, unless the waves are super high, like in choppy waves, you don't think the boat's going to sink. You're in rough seas. Right. So the the thing is, is that the exact same thing is happening in the air, but you, because you can't see it, you're afraid that you're just going to, you know, plummet out of the sky. Yep. So and instead it, of saying turbulent, if you say it's rough air, rough air yes. is similar to rough seas. Yes. You know, and 
a 15-foot drop in an airplane when you're flying along and then it immediately drops 15 feet feels like a mile. You do notice it. Yes. You, you do. Yeah. But yeah. it's only 15 feet. It's not that big a deal when you're 35,000 I mean, 30, feet to work exactly. with. Exactly. Right? You got, yeah, you got of, plenty to work with. Yep. Lot, the margin of error up there. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. So. Although, although, I mean, you know, it's entirely possible. You know, maybe there's going to be a cold open that just warns everybody uh, in this show. We're going to, this is going to be a rough show. Turbulence? Sure. Whatever. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that's what we're talking let's about. Let's say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I, I also got some feedback from Jesse and I'm going to, I'm going to take his feedback. I'm going to expand on it. He, he has noted your, your concern with the new title. Uh, yes. And that you're not as enthralled with the new title, uh, as you were as being a v- very senior fellow. So Jesse did let me know. I'm going to tell you his part, but then I'm going to add on to it. Here's here's what you get to do, Dwayne. Do I get to write a white paper? No, no. Oh. This is even easier. Do you know how universities have like endowed chairs? You know, you get you get to be the you know what you know whatever corporate sponsor you know professor on the mountaintop, whatever. Yes, I, you can I believe pick, foot, football coaches have the same kind of deal. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You can pick any title you want. However, there had better be some sponsorship opportunities because that title needs to be endowed through the Institute. And as we know, there's a funding crisis right now. So if you would like to endow whatever title you want, and by the way, the bigger the title, the bigger the endowment, that's something you can work out with the, uh, with the policy center. Wouldn't be the first time I've been told I was well endowed. Oh God, I thought I thought we were this close to getting through that whole bit. We were we were so close, and and yet <laughs> here we are. <clears throat> well, you know what? Since that was childish humor, what's from Doug? <laughs> <laughs> for t- for <laughs> I believe I said. For two straight guys in their 50s, we spend a lot of time talking about drag queens. Doug says, my sentiments exactly. The only knowledge about drag queen television shows I possess have come from you two. You're welcome. That is, I was going to say, that's what, because we're professionals. That is one of the highest compliments we have got. (laughs) It's one of the only compliments we have got, but okay. (laughs) We'll take it. We'll take it. You know what, Doug? Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> what I also heard was he would like to hear more. <laughs> more drag queen content coming up. We'll just from Doug specifically yep, for Doug. Just just for Doug. We'll, we'll um maybe we'll we'll tuck that into follow up. <laughs> I see what you did there. That was pretty good. That one. That one. I'm going to give you. You can ring a bell for that one. That, I mean. Thank you. I won't be able to yeah. ring a bell later. I can pretty much guarantee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, at least we're working. So, yes. Uh, let's see. What do we have for follow up? Uh, the Ferentz counter. That would be. Yes. Counting his points, not Brian working at the soda fountain. 
because that's probably what he's going to be doing next year. The fa- <laughs> working, he'll be working the ferrets counter. Yeah. Just step right up. Yeah. Uh, you want your pork chops? You want your, you know. You know what the problem is? Here's, here's, here's going to be the problem with that, though. That, they, that, that you can't do that because they're going to say, oh, and by the way, here's your, here's your meal to get your fries. Go over to the Farron's counter and Brian will dish them up for you. And then you can get your basket and you're near, you're, you're going to look at it and you're going to go, oh, I thought there would be more. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a lot of fries. It doesn't, I, I really expected there to be more. I'm paying for more. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm paying a lot for this. And quite frankly, all the rest of the stands <laughs> on this street give a lot more fries. But all right, well, yeah. whatever. Anyway, this week, they scored 41 points, putting him one point ahead of his average. Look at that. They're now at 240. He is ahead of schedule. But. They're playing Penn State this week, so I expect things to be back to normal. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I read an article in Sports Illustrated. I don't expect things to be back to normal. I expect things to be much, much worse than normal because I think Penn State gives up like 11. So um, they're good. By the way, in that same article, the Sports Illustrated person pointed out, and I wasn't aware of this. That 325, yes. That, according to this article, at least in Sports Illustrated, I haven't independently read. I haven't had you know fact checking or whatever. I'm I'm hoping Sports Illustrated did. That 325 number is the total number of points scored by the Hawkeyes, not by the Hawkeyes' offense. Yes, he yeah, gets I, credit. Oh. Yep, if the defense so, scores. Yes. If the defense scores, if special teams scores, if anybody yes. not affiliated with the offense scores, that contributes to the offensive coordinator's total. Yes. Punting is winning. Ironclad contract. Yes. Yep. Jeez. Yep. God. Yeah. I knew that when they signed it last year. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's good to have your dad as the head coach. I just... Says says Lance Stroll every F1 weekend. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. I know you thought we were done with this story, but yeah. Luis Rubiales is in the news again. Yeah. The ex-Spanish soccer boss was yeah. handed a restraining order last week. He must stay at least 200 yards away from World Cup star Junior Hermoso, who he kissed. So... Yeah. Well, okay. One more follow up then. If he has to stay 200 yards away from her, the good news is that means he can attend the next women's soccer match because all the women said that they weren't going to play and the national team called up many of them, but they didn't call her up. So according to the Spanish Football Federation, it was to protect her. And her comment was, protect me from what? You said that there's no problems. So what are you possibly protecting me from? If everything is fine and nothing needs to be fixed with the team, you're protecting me from being on the team, but there's nothing to protect me from, but you're not letting me on the team because you're protecting me, which got me to the Spanish Football Federation is just, you know what they are? They're Jack Nicholson on the stand. And she is Tom Cruise. (laughs) 
Did you say he was in danger? Who's, who's going to protect you? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? Did, uh-huh. You said that they were in danger. Grave danger. Is there any other kind of danger? You need but me to read back the record? You told, them that, <laughs> you told them that he will not be touched. People follow your orders. So then why did he have to leave if you gave the order? <sighs> Seriously, they need to watch that because... Mm. Anyway, wow. <laughs> your nightly Aaron Sorkin reference. It won't be the last tonight. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Man. The yeah. other item that I had actually was suggested. Um, actually. Was suggested by Amy when we yeah. were talking about the size of airports. Yes. She says, okay, well, which one is the busiest or has the most flights or whatever? So for the record. Yes. Atlanta is the busiest for both flights and people. In 2022, it was 75 million passengers and 724,145 total movements. That's planes moved. In and out. I was going to say, that's a lot of fiber. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) O'Hare has the most runways with eight, though. O'Hare has more runways. Atlanta still does more business. Yeah. Denver has eight runways as well. So, I, yes. And Denver is the the biggest by area. Oh. In the United States. Yes. It's the second biggest airport in the world. Denver International Airport is also home to the longest public use runway in North America with a length of 16,000 feet. But the largest airport in the world, do you know what this is? Well, it's not in Monaco. No, I don't. (laughs) This airport actually may be larger than Monaco. Uh, King Fahd Airport in Dammam, Saudi Arabia, is nearly 300 square miles and is the largest airport in the world. Okay. When you say it's 300 square miles, I mean, they're not using all of it as an air. I mean, that, that there's a, yeah. Okay. But sure. That, however you measure it, right? I, you I think know, Denver's you, like, you, I think Denver's like 54 square miles or something like to put that on like 300 square miles versus like 54 square miles is number two. You know, if you want a record for something, you just mark out the boundary and call it what it is, whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, Oh, by the way, I had a piece of follow-up from, did you? Sorry. I've just totally been dominating this conversation. Sorry. (laughs) What do you have? Well, so two weeks ago, I did a piece of follow-up that said that that UK encryption law that was going to require backdoor encryption on iMessage and WhatsApp and everything, I yeah. said that it was pulled from the it was pulled from the bill, and so it didn't become law, so there was no problem with it. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody on my tech podcast talked about. But what actually happened, everybody was like, hey, hey, look at that, we did that. What actually happened, everybody celebrated, this is significantly worse. And I don't think everybody in the tech world understands how politics works. What actually happened was it was left in the bill. The bill became law. And then the government announced that they weren't going to enforce that portion of the law until it became technically feasible, because right now it isn't technically feasible to put 
end-to-end encryption and put a back door in that is safe. So the government simply announced, yes, it's law, but don't worry. We won't enforce it until it becomes technically feasible. And everybody in the tech world went, yay, we won. And I said, I don't think you understand how this works. This is now law in the UK. And the current government simply said, don't worry, (laughs) we won't enforce it. There is nothing that stops them from tomorrow announcing, just kidding, it's now being enforced, or a new government comes in, or after some kind of incident happens of some kind. Immediately, the government will say, this is on the books, and we couldn't stop it because of this, so we're now going to start in. So this whole thing that I said, don't worry about it, it's all cool. Oh, no, 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 no. This is actually terrible and much worse, because now it's just hanging over everybody's head from between now and whenever they want to make the law happen. So anyway, I got it wrong, and so did the UK. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. I mean, there's you know laws that are on the books from the 30s and 40s aren't now all of a sudden starting to be enforced around this country, right? It's all fine. Anyway, speaking of speaking of technology, though, there is something that Taylor is there something in Todd's tech corner uh, presented by Taylor Center for Technology Policy, where you too can get your own chair if you're willing to pay some money. But I didn't put this in here. What what uh, what's in Todd's tech corner this week? Can, well, first, can I get a chair that doesn't squeak? As long as I'm endowing a chair, <clears throat> I would like one that doesn't squeak because the one I'm sitting on now squeaks all the time. The answer to all of your questions is money. Sometimes Nazis, but I'm pretty sure the squeaky chair that's a that's a that is a problem that money can solve. <laughs> there you go, Danny. <laughs> So uh, th- this hit my feed this week uh, and overlooked. I mean, everybody's talking about how the new cameras on the iPhone 15s and how we're going to away from the lightning and into the USB-C and, you know, the new computers that are coming out and all of this stuff. But there was there was just a little tiny kind of almost a throwaway. For $19. Yes. You'll be able to buy Apple earpods that will have a USB-C connector on the end of them yes. that you can plug into your yes. phone. And technically, they're better headphones than the AirPod Air Max ear, you know, the wireless super duper ones, because these the USB-C ones are lossless. They will actually provide better sound than the absolute top of the line. Better, better is a relative term. It will definitely be lossless. It, it's not noise canceling, but right. it is lossless. Uh, okay. What I will say is a better signal will go into into the earphones. That is true because it supports lossless music. By the way, two guys in their 50s talking about this doesn't matter because our ears could. No, no. Doesn't matter. Yeah. A lot of people can't tell the difference between lossless and lossy, whatever. And I, 
Yeah. So that, yes. Do you spend $19 and get these little wired buds or do you spend $550 and get the ones that don't support it? Yes. I will. I'll just, I will quibble. Yes. The lossless music will go into those tiny little earbuds, but once it goes through that quarter inch diameter, you're, you're going to lose all of the, like everything (laughs) that you didn't lose in the cable is going to be completely lost in, in, in coming out of like a crappy little speaker that's sitting in your ear. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's kind of like, Oh, you know what? I can put I can put gasoline from NASCAR in my 1974 F150. Yes, it's very good fuel, but that's not going to be your limiting factor at that point. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was an overlooked item that it was going they were <laughs> they're going to roll back out so that you don't have to use a you also don't have to use a dongle. True. Yes. If, if you're still using the, yeah. If you're Which, still by the way, it. last I knew, well, cause everybody said, why is it, why is Apple even producing all of this? The last I knew France had passed a law that said that a hands-free headset had to come with every phone. So when you buy at least again, this was last year, I think you got the phone and then they basically just duct tape to the box, a pair of Apple of the earbuds. <laughs> Oh, and just said, here's your, here's your phone. Like they just like, here you go. Just take it. Cause whatever. So We're compliant, check the box anyway. Yeah. Oh, so although, although now that you say that, now that we talked about it, I'm just wondering if I could buy a pair of those for $19 and a pair of the AirPod, uh, AirPod maxes for $550 and do a, do a test. And let you know whether or not, like, I should probably do a study and see. I could write all of that off because it's for it's for the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Particularly, maybe you could get the Taylor Center to buy them for you, and you could write a white paper. Mm. Mm. You can, yes. What you need, yeah. what you need, is to write a grant, funnel <laughs> it through the Taylor Center, who will then buy your earphones for you, and then you write a white paper, and everybody's good. That's what you need to do. Mm, I'm telling yeah. you. Problem yeah. solved. I will say, <laughs> I will say, Dwayne, thank you for, for finding this because you're right. I did overlook this and we almost, we almost lost this topic, but similar to the $19 earpods, uh, we are a lossless podcast and, and you made sure that we didn't lose that. That didn't work. Nope. That was bad. Would you like to try that again? Nope. Not really. No. Nope. What's in the show is in the show. <laughs> Woo. No. You know what? I, I think a second run into it would actually make it worse. So. <laughs> well, you, you want to try something else? Yeah. Let's see what we got. That's right. That sound means it's time for America's favorite game. Dwayne, guess a number. Okay, hit me. Okay. Dwayne, I think early in the podcast, we even talked about this and what we're watching. In 2018, HGTV bought the original 
the house that was the exterior for the Brady Bunch home. And I believe in 2020, 2021, so during the first, the first part of the pandemic, they aired, they, they had the Property Brothers and some other designers and the cast of the Brady Bunch. And the Property Brothers renovated the house. Remind, again, what we saw on TV on the inside was all built on a set. Right, yes. <laughs> This was just the exterior. And they gutted the house. They completely gutted it and built the, basically, they turned the house so that the inside of the house looked exactly like the set. Now, by the way, the set had a lot more room than the house. So they not only did they have to gut the whole house, they had to build a two-story extension into the backyard to have enough room for the additional bedrooms and I think the den. Like all of that had to be built. So they had to, you know, foundation and built this whole thing. Did, did you happen to watch that that show uh, when they redid the show when they redid the house? I remember it happening. I don't know that I ever yeah. saw the show, but I remember being aware that that was going to happen and and okay. particularly remember Marsha being okay with them taking up more of the backyard because then that's less space for her to get hit in the face with a football. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm good I'm good with that. That's fine. Yeah. Lisa and I watched it like and I said I'm sure we talked about it on the show so that would have happened after March of 2020. Anyway, yeah, it's a pretty good show. It was entertaining. It was amazing how they made the house look like just like the house from the TV show. Anyway, so in 2018, HGTV paid $3.5 million for this this house in a suburb of Los Angeles. Then they did that entire renovation and made it look just like the Brady Bunch house. They added a two-story. They did all of it. HGTV sold that house this month. Dwayne, how much did the fully renovated, now actual Brady Bunch house sell for? Less than $3.1 million. I'm going to get, I think it went down in value from what they paid for it because of what they did. Okay. Uh, do I have to lock get in some that number? number? Is that, is that? Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Let yeah. me, let me, let me give you, okay. Before you lock it in. Okay. Let me let, let me tell you that they listed it because of all the upgrades. They listed it for 5.5 million. So 2018, they bought it. They bought it for 3.5. And they listed it for five point five. I still, I'm still going with they got two point six out of it. Am I wrong? This this game is starting to become no fun because now oh. you understand the conceit of it. <laughs> you were close when you said below three point one. They sold it for three point two million. Oh. <laughs> okay, so so they bought it for three point five. Shot an entire TV show. Potentially poured a million, at least more than a million dollars into this whole thing, and then turned around and took two point three million under listing. <laughs> Oops! And lost three hundred thousand. Lost three hundred thousand on the original purchase price in this market. They bought property in twenty eighteen, and in this market, lost money. Wow. 
Nice work, guys. Hopefully they made more than $300,000 worth of advertising off of it. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they, I'm assuming they're fine because, you know, really, I mean, this loss, you know what it is. Oh, you can write it off. You just write it off. Yeah. 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 On the other hand, I will say for, for a channel that made its entire, like all it is, is how to value houses and how to flip houses and how to buy houses, change them and make more money. Like that's what HGTV is that and couples fake fighting over houses because one wants to live in the city and one wants to live on a deserted Island. Besides that, everything else is a hundred percent renovations and they're the ones that are telling you how to do it. And apparently HGTV doesn't know how to do renovations and house flipping. (laughs) Solid work, Monty. You know what though? I'm going to, you can get, you figured it out. It was under your original one was, you said under 3.1. That's close to 3.2. I'm feeling generous. Give yourself another bell. Wow. Thanks. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to go back to start asking questions that like, okay, so now you think, so you think that I'm, it has to be under because I'm asking you about it. So now I have to know that that's what you think I'm thinking. Now I know that you think that. So now I'm going to have to start bringing numbers that go the other way so that you can't think what I'm thinking. Never go up against a Sicilian when death is on the line. I'm just thinking, I'm just in here thinking, I can't believe people think that this, that this segment ought to end. Anyway. <laughs> I can clearly not choose the glass in front of me. All right. What else? The, we got? Uh, the Scott Frost Memorial idiot of the week after yes. Nebraska lost last week to Colorado. Let's go back to Scott Frost. Uh, I brought, I have, I have ramped myself back up to three stories. You can choose one of these and we'll talk about it. Uh, story number one, we have a winner. Story number two, Beetlejuice is a great show. And story number three, Bear Raid. Oh, I, 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 I think I know what three is. I'm groping here, but I think I know what number two is. Number one, we have a winner. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Groping here. The this is Dateline Cleveland. Hello. Thank you. Jan winner. By the way, I think is it Jan? I think it's Jan. Oh, is it Jan? Jan Jan because it it's reads Jan, Jan with two N's. It's yeah, it's Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to get feedback on this. Absolutely. So good. You do what you want to do. Yes. Okay. Jan Winner. Jan Winner, the co founder of Rolling Stone magazine, has been removed from the board of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation, which he helped found one day after an interview with him was public, published in the New York Times. Do you know what he said in this interview, Todd? <sighs> He said a lot, <laughs> none of which was cleared with his publicist. In the interview, the Times asked him 
why the book included no women or people of color of, of people of color. It was a book called The Masters that he just got done publishing, which collects his decades of interviews with rock legends like Bob Dylan, Mick Jagger, John Lennon, Bruce Springsteen, all of them white, all of them male. Why does the book include no women or people of color? And Winner said, just none of them were as articulate enough on this intellectual level. And Joni Mitchell is not a philosopher of rock and roll. It took the foundation all of 24 hours to dismiss him from his post. <clears throat> here's the thing. I don't care enough about this guy to get his name right. So if anybody wants to provide feedback, they're more than welcome to. <clears throat> I'm not even going to call him Mr. Winner. He's, he's really what he is, is Mr. Loser. So Mr. Loser is my idiot of the week. The... I'm going to, I'm going to say yes. And okay. So, so he wrote a, he wrote a book and all of the interviews were, were white guys from rock and roll with no women and no people of color at all. I will say someone on his team, I'm not saying he needed to include anybody in the book. It's his book. He includes who he wants to include. Somebody on his team needed to know that and know that this was going to be a question. And he needed to have a better answer than the women and the people of color are inarticulate. <laughs> that is not. Now, if that is the one that his team came up with, because the rest of the answers they came up with were terrible, which, by the way, on, in defense of his team, you and I have sat down with people and said, here's a question that might be coming your way from the media. And then and then we've heard what their answer is. And we have given the advice of, mm, we should probably work on that. Yes. So it's, let's, it's, it's not. <laughs> let's workshop that a bit. It's my turn. Okay. <laughs> Except, yeah, if, let's not do that. Yeah. If, if. If they didn't, his people aren't helping him because that's why you have people. If this is the best they could do, maybe it's not their fault. Maybe they were like, listen, this is the good answer because what he said the first 10 times was so much worse. <laughs> Far be it for many of us to defend what's his ass. How about how about how about you? I'm not even going to say his name anymore. How about you? What what did you bring over here? So, so there's been lots of you know there's we've talked about how Iowa State and Iowa have had some players and former players suspended and charged with gambling on sports, gambling on college football. Um, the NFL has had multiple people um, suspended for both betting on the NFL and also using the team sponsors to place bets on other sports while in their off hours. But uh, anyway, whatever. Betting yep. on sports is a problem across the country, across the world. The FA, uh, so the, the English Football Association, has also have to deal with this. 
Brentford's leading striker, Ivan Tony, has been suspended for eight months because, um, at the end of last season and for the part of the start of this season. He placed a lot of bets and he bet on he bet on English Premier League games. So, yes, he has to he has to go away for a while. Yep. The Athletic came out with a story, however, that said. A, a football manager who gambled nearly a, a million pounds, including betting on English football. Went before the the FA, the Football Association. And he got placed on probation and is still coaching his team. (laughs) Now, a couple of interesting things. Number one, in the article, he's referred to as manager A. His real name, while the reporters know it, cannot be used by British law. He had eight betting accounts. He admitted to being a gambling addict. And the reason why this all came out is he claims that two former footballers tried to blackmail him and that went to court. Well, because now he is listed as, as part of a legal proceeding where he is the victim. See, this is, this is why he can't be named. If the FA named him, then that would be basically naming the person who is a victim in a crime and therefore they can't name him. So anyway, they listened to all of this and decided not to take any action. They gave him a warning and basically the FA has deliberately kept even the warning away from the media. So anyway, so if you're a player and you bet on football, you're going to be suspended for eight months, which is essentially an entire season. If you're an NFL player and you get caught betting on football, you're suspended for an entire season. If you're a manager in England and you get caught betting on football, you get a stern warning of don't do that again. And for God's sakes, don't tell anybody we had this conversation. This And you wonder why players sometimes think that the system's rigged against them. (laughs) This sounds like double secret probation. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. I I don't I mean at some point it's like you hold the players to a certain level and the in theory yes you're holding any you know players who are 16 to 30 years old to a set of and then and then managers and everybody else who actually can out the manager can also affect the outcome of a match maybe even more than a player because a player doesn't always get selected, but the manager kind of decides who's going to play what. Yeah. Anyway, so that's cool. Anyway, you have no idea if, if you're watching English football, there is a manager who is managing right now who was betting on football and who was told, but don't do it again, but won't be suspended. So good job, FA. I'm sure that will make sure that all the rest of the managers in English football are going like, wait, so I get one get out of jail free card? Just one? Use it, use it wisely. You know what that means? Don't play small bets. Go big. <laughs> go big or go home. Yes. Yeah, but you don't have to go home. If the FA catches you, they're going to be like, go big or go right back to work. You know, the the people that say go big or go home vastly underestimate the extent to which I want to just go home. (laughs) Oh, really? That was an option? Oh, okay. I'll go home. 
Oh, uh, you watch anything good? Yeah. Well, so last night we watched episode one of a four episode run. I think this one we're actually going to, we might even watch episode two. I'm thinking. Okay. We watched, there is a documentary on Apple TV plus on Apple TV on Apple TV um, called supermodels. And so it is bringing back together the, the sort of the four big supermodels and, and then doing a retrospective of their careers. And so episode one was, them growing up, them being discovered, what early modeling or what early stuff looked like. Uh, and so you've, uh, by the way, just, so you've got uh, Cindy Crawford, uh, Christy Turlington, uh, Linda Evangelista, and Naomi Campbell. And um, the it's OG. very interesting, even if you're not. Yeah. Yeah. So like, oh, yeah. Oh, that, there you go. Right. Like, you know. Yep. As Lisa pointed out, a lot of people are called supermodels right now. That is nothing compared to what they were in, in sort point. of, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple things about it. Again, this was the early years. So uh, they were talking about all of this stuff. The, the casualness in which 14 to 17 year old girls were put on planes by themselves and flown around the world for photo shoots makes you a bit uncomfortable. And there are multiple things we're talking about the photo shoots where actually at one point, one of the photographers who did the first Naomi Campbell one in the United States, he, he pointed out he he's, as he's telling, he's like, yeah, we flew her to, to this and we shot this on a, on a former slave plantation and there were six white people. And then this, and then this black uh, teenager uh, dressed up and he's like, yeah, that that was 30 years ago. That was, uh, yeah. You just see the look on his face. Like, I can't believe I did that. Anyway, not age. Well, there's a lot of that. And again, this is more, I mean, there's a lot and this is talking about all sorts of stuff, but there was part of it. I just said, it's like, yeah, this kind of reminds you that again, Things that were fine 30 years ago that nobody thought of, we might look at differently today, which is a good reminder to all of us that like 30 years from now, the stuff that we think is okay may not be okay a hundred years from now. Anyway, it was just like there were multiples of those of including like, yeah, so she was 17 and by herself in Japan. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm sure that was fine. Anyway, very, very interesting. How about you? What are you watching? Well, I finished the newsroom. Okay. Again. <laughs> season three is only six episodes, so it doesn't take very long to rip through season three. It's still really good. 26 episodes. It's, again, I said it last week. It's worth your time. It really is. Wait, how many episodes? 26 for the entire run. Yeah. 10, 10, six West wing. A single season was 22 episodes. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. No wonder why people like going to HBO. <laughs> you know what? I can shoot this thing. I can get in. I can get out 22 yeah. episodes for seven years. This is not great. <laughs> well, and, but they're each an hour long. And they're actually an hour long. 
And then mm, you not 44 then, minutes, not 44 minutes. And then you stick around after the credits and they've got these interviews with mostly with Sorkin uh, about, you know, what did you think about this or how did this come together? Or, you know, a little history of behind the scenes for the show, which is also kind of interesting, particularly if okay, you like it. That's different. Cause when you, when you said after the credits, I just assumed that all of a sudden Hawkeye or Thor or somebody was. <laughs> yes, there's a post credit scene on the newsroom. <laughs> to, to set up MCU 5. Right, where Iron Man comes storming in and <laughs> complains about interest rates with Sloan Sabbath. Right. Yes, that's what happened. Uh, and then on Netflix, we watched the Johnny Manziel. Johnny Football, Doc. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I'm I'm not I'm not giving anything away here. At one point, his agent talked to the general manager of the Browns, and the general manager of the Browns said, "We have a problem here because he has watched zero point zero hours of viewing time on his iPad." that he's supposed to be watching to learn the playbook. Yeah. Yeah. And he readily, I, I saw something that he readily admits that he didn't watch any film at nope. all nope. his entire NFL career. Nope. Yep. That's not, that's not uh, a path to success in the NFL. <laughs> nope. He got paid fantastic now, college now, player but he didn't read a playbook in college either or in high school he just went out and made it happen whatever yeah uh when it became a job he got less interested in it yes not not about the not about the being paid the being paid was great oh he's all over the, that the work the work for the being paid yeah, yeah. yep it's an hour one shot. Uh, I want to watch the the Florida Gators thing next. It just popped up. There's another one, another hour on the Florida Gators and Tim Tebow. That's apparently pretty good too. So uh, I'll I'll report back next week. You want to do an awkward pause? Oh, you were handling that just fine on your own. So oh, was I was... oh, okay. Here. <laughs> 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 Insert smooth transition here. <laughs> oh, is that what that said? Oh, yo, you wrote that in in the insert smooth transition. Oh, yeah. I totally flubbed that. Huh. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Did you Dwayne learn anything? Yeah. Dwayne, Dwayne reacts poorly. Sorry. Dwayne reacts poorly is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> kind of wrote myself into a corner there and didn't know how to get out of it. <laughs> did you learn anything this week? I did. There was a story in ESPN. That said, so that it starts off with saying for decades, NFL wide receivers said that they look better when they low, when they wear low numbers compared to the traditional 80 through 89, right? Yeah. They lobbied, they wanted to wear single digits because it makes them look faster, which sounds stupid. However, UCLA yeah. researchers have done a peer reviewed study that actually found out that there are associations in the brain are made between the numbers people are wearing and what people assume 
the size of the person wearing the number is. So in one of them, uh, one of the studies, they exposed subjects to images of different football jersey numbers, just the football jersey numbers, to measure their perception of the person wearing that. The smaller the number, the more likely the subject was to perceive, perceive a slimmer player. Said the researcher, we were surprised that there's a connection and even more so surprised that the connection is so robust. It's not just when we contrast large numbers with small ones. When we look at the relationship between the ratings of size and slenderness and the numbers, we did a very small range, like from 17 to 70, sorry, from 17 to 19, and they still see a robust correlation. So they think that the seven, the player wearing 17 is slimmer than the player wearing 19. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have, I have, I have no other than I will say this. The one part I have read about this is yes. On the other hand, if you got people who watch the NFL very much and you said, these are football numbers because before the NFL changed, if you show me football numbers, I have that same, I have that, I was thinking through, I have almost that exact same correlation, except if you show me a number in the 80s, I would say, yeah, I mean, the 80s, yeah, they're, yeah, but they're much slimmer than the 90s and the 70s. Yes. So yeah. I'm not sure, like when they say peer review, like I'm not sure if this is actual perception or if this is decades of the NFL's rules that have just gone into our brain or does it even matter at this point? Anyway, it turns out that, you know, a lot of NBA players don't want to wear black shoes because they think it makes them look slow and wide yeah. receivers want to wear small numbers because they think it makes them look faster. And at least it's possible that the second one is true. <laughs> now, one last thing. Did we spend all of this time trying to figure out how to give them less concussions? No, we did not. No. We spent the time figuring out if people perceive smaller numbers to be smaller than bigger numbers. I hope that got a federal grant. Anyway, that's what I learned. I learned, I learned two things. Both of them are short. Number one, I learned do not Google Nick Chubb's knee <laughs> under no circumstances. I did, but I only got through part one because part two was separate from part one and I couldn't <laughs> find where part two was. You're not wrong there. Holy cow. And then the other thing that I learned this stat again, just quick hitters for what I learned this week. This hit my feed this week. Greg Maddox, Hall of Fame pitcher, right? In his career, he started 740 games. Right. Okay. In 236 of those, he didn't allow a walk. Think about that for a second. I mean, that's, that's pretty good control. That's Greg Maddox. What, what I will say and Greg Maddox started off as a cub. He was, he was on the route to being like the Cubs greatest pitcher of all time. And then, and then he went to Atlanta and had success and then came back near the end. So he's still kind of a cub, even though he got his ring with Atlanta. So yes, he was, he was high on my list of this is our guy, right? This is the guy who's going to get us there. What I will say, however, especially when he was with Atlanta, I would watch multiple games and he would hit a, a player. He would, he would hit a player 
and then you could see him protest to the umpire that his control was just off <laughs> and the ball got away from him. You're Greg Maddox. Now he had he had to do that because if he admitted he hit him, then by they would have to suspend him. Right. So he had to play the game. He had to say, I guess I just wasn't that good at throwing the pitches from the guy <laughs> who didn't walk anybody in over 200 games. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh-huh. Sure, Greg. I'm with you. Music's Happy Boy by Kevin McLeod. You can subscribe to our award-winning podcast wherever you get your pods. Just search Talking in the number two. No G, no space. You can stop by and see us at the Tuba City Home Office. Please don't do that. Thanks to our listeners and our sponsors, Toddler 3187, the Taylor Center for Technology Policy, and dj to go Cedar Valley. A DJ in the Cedar Valley. As always... <laughs> As always, did the check not clear? <laughs> As always, send your feedback. Send us your feedback to feedback at talkingtotodd.com. Todd, you said that you you spent an hour watching the Johnny Manziel uh, documentary, which means you spent more time watching. Uh, <laughs> you spent more time watching film around Johnny Manziel's career than Johnny Manziel spent watching in his entire career. Good job. Here's your guaranteed contract. (laughs) Oh, nice. Oh, we'll be back next week. I, uh, nice. I'll try that one again. I would like to try that one again. Sure. I do. Give a shot. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Because God knows Nick Chubb's not. We'll clean something up next week. We'll be back. We're here. We're talking to Todd. feel free to take an extra shot at something and see if it works out better. You said we should, we should, we should have that kind of freedom. You said with, with great freedom comes with great responsibility. And I don't think that we're, I don't think that I, I don't know that we're up to it. I'm just going to be honest. Hey, you know what? If I'm editing, I can make myself look great. I don't, I don't have that kind but of skill, could. but I could, if, if I had something great to work with, to begin with, <laughs> It's hard to make chicken soup out of chicken poop. Really? Really what Dwayne does is he takes the audio file and he just chips away everything that's not the podcast. <laughs>